Hi. Hi, Kathleen McGee. Hi, Sean Lacomber. Hi, it's me, uh, Sean Lacomber. It's you almost you, called Kathleen yourself McGee. Kathleen. It's me, Kathleen Lacomber. Kathleen Lacomber and Sean McGee. Yeah. I actually have a uh, half-brother named Sean, so. Is it spelled S-E-A-N? Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. Sean's are pretty annoying like that where they care about the spelling, right? Yeah, like Gramiak is an S-H-A-W-N. Which is dumb. That's a Ukrainian <laughs> fake version of a Sean. He's not even a real Sean. What about the S-H-A-U-N? That's weird, but Shawan. then you get into Shadon, the Deshaun's. Deshaun. Ever since black people got into the Sean game, it's really crept into <laughs> s- several different thousand types of spelling. You can be my favorite is Jermichael. That's my favorite black person. Jermichael. Yeah, there's a couple Jermichaels in the NFL. <laughs> I love Jermichael. There's, there's a, couple, a lot of McGees. There's some Jershans too. Jershans. Yeah. Are there there's any some Deshaun's and some Jershans? Are there any like versions of Kathleen? Uh, I don't think so. I feel really what, left out. Well, Kathleen is a very that's Irish a white, white that's a name. white bitch name. That's a white bitch. That's name. That's what black people call a white bitch name. Kathleen. <laughs> Kathleen, the white bitch, the white devil. No, I'm not a devil. I'm a sweet little angel. So you worked with Ari Shafir this weekend. I did. It was very fun. He's a very fun yeah. person to work with. He's cool. He's very nice to everyone. That's the cool thing is like watching him. Just be nice to all his fans and all the staff and me. And he's just like yeah. a good, good dude. Like, you yeah, just when, hope, you, yeah. when you watch the way he is around people, you're like, I wish I could be like that. Like, he's just relaxed yeah. and calm. Like, puts on a great show. Is very funny. But then offstage isn't like, look at me. No, you know? he's like, not. He's, like, like a, he's just himself. He's a very cool, very cool guy. I remember very he nice. came to do like an open mic, uh, some show like I was Empress running. Not Empress. Like, what was that bad one? Which one? Which one? Which I, bad one did you run, Sean? I didn't run it. It wasn't a long-running thing. Blue Chicago? Uh, no, that was... No, white Chicago. White Chicago. Too many... That was not very diverse. Uh, but there. But what was the one on White Ave um, that was upstairs in Filthies? Yeah, Filthies. Oh, yeah, he did Filthies. Yeah, yeah so I got so drunk on that show. So he came to do Filthies. He was like, yeah, sure, yeah. You know, and it was, I'm like, okay, it pays $100. Like, you know, I, I don't I mean, obviously that's not enough, but yeah. we'll give you 100 And then he came and did the show and tried really hard. Like, he didn't go up there and just you, jerk off. Like, he went up there and yeah. did his set, like, worked hard for it. And then afterwards, I was like, here's the $100. And he's like, oh, no, just, like, give it to the comedians, whatever. Like... So he went way out of his way. He didn't have to do any of that. I wonder if it's because he came up in the comedy store and like witnessed other successful comedians treating comics well. Because he's come up, he came up like he was a door guy. Like he came up through the comedy store. So he like uh, he'll often yeah. if, when he moves places, he'll be like, "Come and get free clothes to comics. Like come and yeah. get my clothes. You can have them." And just kind of like I think if you see that all the time, then you'll behave like that. The, like we don't see that much in Canada no. because none of us have money, you know. And he paid every due, right? Like, yeah. you know, starting oh, yeah. as a door ma- door guy, like so every rung of the ladder, he didn't skip one of them. Yeah. Like, if you have good examples in your comedy career, you'll be a good comic too. Like I was talking to Angie, the uh, owner of Yucks Calgary, and she was like, you know, he's always everyone is happy when he's here because he's always he treats everybody so well and he's so nice. And then like. Uh, she says it's nice to see comics just like be nice to everybody. Not that yeah. there's not a lot that are assholes, but like it's just nice to go to where you're going and not act like a fucking prima donna. And well, and Ari could because Ari is actually yeah. successful and famous. 
But yeah, because I think sometimes as comedians, we dismiss the idea of them being nice because we're like, yeah, well, I'd be fucking nice, too, if I had $1.3 million in a checking <laughs> account. Okay, I don't think he has one point. Well, he could have one point. I don't know what it is. Oh, don't be silly. Of course he does. He's probably sold a million dollars worth of fucking stickers, for Christ's sake. <laughs> He's probably got more sticker money in the bank than I have any other type of money. He just bought his first house with sticker money. Yeah, just all... I don't even know That's if he has stickers. That's the sticker house. That's the grinder house. <laughs> but the- one lesson I wish I could have learned from Ari is, like, I remember he had his, uh, like an album coming out, and Bill Burr shared it on his Facebook yeah. fan page. And there was like half of the people were like, oh, my God, Ari Shafir is so funny. But there was like four or five like very vocal people that were like, Ari Shafir is the worst comedian I've ever seen in my life. And it's like all over Bill Burr's page. And I'm like, oh, my God, like I'm reading it. I'm like, fuck. And I was working with Ari that weekend. And I'm like, man, like I read some of this crazy shit online, like Bill Burr's page. And, you know, he's promoting your album. But people are saying it's shit. And like, I'm like, how do you deal with stuff like that? And he's like, he legitimately was just like, who cares? Yeah, he's really he like his attitude is is a really good attitude to be around because you start to to be like, yeah, who cares? He did like yeah. he posted uh, like a picture of us at the Banff Springs because uh, we went to the hot springs. I got like two hundred Instagram followers. Like it's ridiculous, like the power that some of these people have, and he doesn't even realize it. But like, uh, so I got a whole bunch of new followers. But then there's like comments like. Who's the fatty? And I almost, I almost went in right away and said, it's me. Um, but then all these people had already jumped to my defense. I'm like, well, this is cool. She's like, not that fat, guys. She's not that fat. She's, she's passable fat. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about my, that audition that I had to go on? And it was like uh, the, the role when I got there, they give you these, this sheet. And it said I was auditioning for obese cheerleader. Aww. And I was like... I said to them, the the girl like at the desk, I was like, obese. Like I, I don't know. She goes, oh no no no, you're not obese. You're TV obese. <laughs> <laughs> which I'm like, what is? <laughs> so guys, I'm so yeah. I'm TV obese, which right. makes me feel a little bit better. Because the camera adds ten pounds, and you can't afford that look. No, no way. <laughs> I can't. I can't. <laughs> but then, oh, are you doing marijuana? Things? Yeah. So that's the fun of opening for Ari because he gets lots of weed. Oh friends, yeah, I and bet. They bring you stuff. So this very nice gentleman um, gave us each of uh, one of these bottles. How the hell is he not just doing heroin now? You know what I mean? Like I would have thought he's high so much on marijuana as we all are. But I thought by this point he would have been like, you know what? I think that let's, he let's up my game a bit. I mean, you'd have to ask him, but he wasn't even like that. He's not that high all the time. It, it's weird because we were talking about this because I still haven't had, I haven't drank. I, I went a whole weekend oh, really? at Calgary Yuck Yucks without drink? drinking. I could not believe it. I did it. But it's like you have this like uh, persona that people are like the party comic. So Kathleen, right. if she's not drunk, you know how many people asked me if I was trying to get pregnant or if I was pregnant this weekend just because I wasn't drinking? You know? oh, who the hell stops drinking because they're trying to get pregnant? <laughs> I always thought you, had to, I thought you had to be drunk to get pregnant. I've no always kidding. thought you had to be drunk to get pregnant. Uh, nobody's a worthy father until you're hammered. Yeah. yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. then you'll spread for anybody. <laughs> You'd be such a great dad. I think he'd be such a good dad. He'd be so I know you're dad. just sitting in the shopping cart right now outside <laughs> of a Circle K, but I think you'd be a pretty good dad. Let's raise a child together. I like the way you're holding your iced tea. That's the only times I've ever attempted to it. I'd have to be really drunk. Yeah. To do that. But anyway, so like I always have this reputation of being this party drunk person all the time. So when you're not, people get mad or they feel they jilted. Or they feel like they're getting like 
shortchanged by you because you're not partying all if, weekend. It forces them to confront their own demons just for a second. Yeah. And yeah. it's so like, I mean, I don't, Ari wasn't, I, he wasn't smoking that much, but he's got this persona where and people does, just yeah. bring him like so much stuff. And then, so I'm always like, well, I'll keep it because he can't take it across the border. That's right. So it's still a bit of a problem. Still a bit of a problem. So we got. This so he oil. does. He does. So he. It, it's more of a. It's more like he doesn't really get high that much. Oh no, he gets high, but like I. I mean, I don't know. Not <laughs> that it's a big deal if he does or doesn't. I just. I just didn't like. It's not like it's not like when you like when you first start comedy and you're just like let's see how high I get let's see yeah. how drunk I can get yeah it's and just then you managing. kind of like you've been on the road long enough and you're just kind of like oh it's not that exciting for me anymore. Yeah. It's more exciting for fans to think that you're, I don't know, it's a weird... That's true. And also, like, it's a different thing having a fan base, right? Because, like, he actually has fans. Yeah. So he has to live up to some kind of... He added a sixth show on Thursday night. He, they said, let's do it because all the other shows were sold out. And on Sunday at 4.20, there was, like, 150 people at Yuck Yucks, which they don't even do Sunday shows. I was no. just like, I was like, this is really cool that you fucking filled this place. He's like, yeah, his, he should, like... And is it, what would you say his, like, fan bit is that from Joe Rogan experience? Is that from his know. own podcast? I think it's from is every, that... all of his own, like, I think he's, I mean, I'm sure it'd be great to have Joe Rogan kind of give you a little, but I, Ari's built, done so much on his own, and he's a really great comic, because he's, con- he's always writing, he's always got new stuff, his, he did this whole, um, his whole set was about being Jewish, and it was great, and it was interesting, and, like, it wasn't just funny, but you actually learn some shit when you watch it, and it was kind of cool to watch a comic be like that and then it's more it's inspiring to make you want to write a bit more about yeah because he is a smart insightful guy yeah Yeah. so he's fun he is fun to watch yeah but it's yeah it's interesting because he could do you know he doesn't have to do clubs anymore really no like if you can sell that many tickets in calgary well guess what you could do a soft seat theater one show make the same money and leave and we were talking about that because a lot of his friends now just do theaters and uh they don't have to do clubs but like I know that there's some comics that just like doing clubs. Yeah. There's some comics that in, like it's it's part of who they like theaters are awesome and fun and we've both done big theaters but in a full that Calgary Yuck Yucks when it's full and it's good it's great. Yeah, it's I mean for comedians like Ari it's probably people that like they're like well I want to get better at comedy. Right? So he wants to get better as a yeah. stand up so he need he wants the reps. Whereas some other people are like, fuck that, just give me the money. Yeah, like, just give me the I'll money. just go do the finished product. If I'm going to work on new shit, I'll do it at home. Yeah. Like I'll go to wherever the fuck I live, Scottsdale, and work on some shit yeah. at the club there. But when I go on the road, yeah, just give me one show, give me 10,000, let me get out of here. But there's, but yeah, and there's lots of, but lots of comics. Like even Russell Peters is like, he does club dates all the time in the really? state. Yeah. He does the improv when he's, usually when he's building new stuff. Because he goes on these giant stadium tours, like he's got to have the material. That's the thing is, it's comedy is a lot more, a lot, a lot more different from like ten, fifteen years ago when you could have an hour and tour that hour into the ground, and now people expect you to have new stuff every time. And yeah, it's, well, it's interesting too because it's not you know the thing about comedy that's interesting that way is like um comedians like bill burr russell peters ari like they open people's eyes to comedy and there's a thirst for more material from them yeah but there isn't a lot of bleed down where like they 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 don't watch ari or russell or some of those top people bill burr and say like 
I love those guys. Where's the rest of the yeah, comedians? They don't. They're, they're like, fuck that. I just want more content from those, those guys. Those guys. Yeah. So now you have like you know maybe fifty people that are in that category where there's tens of thousands of people that want to know what they're doing next, and then the rest of it is still like fuck the rest of them. You know, yeah. like no nobody's. Like, That's so why th- it's so important for you to find your own audience. Like you, like so many. Uh, comics that are super successful have just found a crowd. Like you look at someone like Kathy Griffin or Margaret Cho, she like she caters and is loved by the gay community, both mm-hmm. of them. And so, and that is a very loyal community. You know, the same with like um, like Russell Peters. All of his like his ethnic community is very loyal to him. Yeah. Like, you know, you have to find that group that's going to be. So I don't know who the fuck will be loyal to you. Who would be loyal to you? <laughs> you know Hockey what? dads. Hockey dads. No, you know what I'm thinking? <laughs> Pre-teens in Sri Lanka. That's what I'm going for. That's who I've been writing for for the last six years. That's his crowd. That's who's. That's eleven-year-old boys who live in Sri Lanka. <laughs> I just have to get my material to them. Get it to them. I told I told Ari I'm like there's, so there's a new premier named Jason Kenny and everyone in Calgary loves him but he's a dickhead and so he went up every show and he's like one show he said. I heard the reason why he's turning the taps off is because he wants to keep the oil for lube so he can fuck little boys in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> and then another time he went up and he was... That's kind of fun. Another time he went up and he said... Uh, <laughs> he was like, um, oh, yeah, we met uh, your new premier, Jason. We went to his house. It was beautiful, like a beautiful home. Um, but I don't know if I should tell you this guy, but he he told us he has an insatiable need for cock. Like, he's just got to suck dick all the time like he had to leave halfway fun. through the conversation to go suck somebody off because he said it was a thirst or something <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then he it was so funny and it was it was funny to watch a calgary crowd react to that that yeah. love ari yeah but also they're like conflicted because they're like no i like that man that's and not fucking funny he's not gay better than rachel <laughs> better than rachel Lightly. I enjoyed it. I was the only person laughing half the time at it, but well, it's yeah, and like, and that that's with him with like his crowd, right? Yeah. Like, imagine just like a like a fucking jumbled up non-Jew like me up there, <laughs> like just rattling off Kenny shit. They'd be like, "Boo!" No, they wouldn't. Fucking move on, douche. No. Well, I think like Calgary is a joke. You know, <laughs> Calgary is a lie. Like Calgary pretends to be what it's like this not. progressive mecca of you know when the, when you think of Alberta you think oh well, at least they have Calgary that progressive mecca but it really isn't it's the least progressive no they they vote with their pocketbook every time even all the people that were there like even like the the people like that I know that were there were like well we had to you know we had to get Calgary back to work I'm like well, you had to. I don't understand. You had to get Calgary back to work. Calgary oh. seems fine. Well, restaurants are closing all over the place. I'm like, okay. Not Quiznos. <laughs> Quiznos Let me is know still when thriving. Quiznos shuts down. As soon as Quiznos goes, that's when you got some. That's problems. the canary in the oil mine. <laughs> Do you but, like Quiznos over Subway? Uh, no, I don't. I don't either. I don't like watching it roll through a toaster. No, it's weird. I don't like it. I feel like some magic. There's magic in there. I. D- I I've, I'm always worried about food poisoning at Quiznos. Yeah, I just don't feel like it's. I don't like hot sandwiches. I just fucking hate Calgary. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because here's Calgary is like, 
Edmonton, but it's had work done, you know? That's yes. all it is. It's like plastic surgery Edmonton. Calgary is the real housewife of Alberta. Yeah, they just have their tight cheeks and they're, what are you wearing? Oh, yeah. like it's just a fucking, it is very, it's a fraudulent community. That's such a great way to describe it. And I mean, I have, we all know people that live in Calgary, but it is like, if you go they're there, shitty. you're like, it is a very, it's very it's fake. fake. Yeah. They're very per- fake. They pretend to be like this. Oh my God, I'm so progressive. And oh yeah, my God, it's it, so the community. And oh my God, it's so this. And it's so about people in love. Yeah. And then, and then when they go into the voting booth, they're like, give me an extra $400. Go ahead and yeah. kick fags out of school. Yeah. He's if not lying. To. No, I'm not even lying. He's not That's even not lying. Like, look, if this makes gay people uncomfortable at schools, get them out of there. They can fucking homo school. I know. It's ridiculous. Even the kids at the schools are like, no, we would like to be friends with our gay friends. Let's keep yeah. this thing going. But nope. no, if my no, kid's no, no, in no. a gay straight alliance, he better be the straight one, first of all. <laughs> and second of all, I don't want him fucking getting involved with all those weirdo dinky lovers. Dinky I'm not even going to say the word. You go ahead and have your parade. I haven't said penis in 22 years. I can't say penis or cry. <laughs> I'm worried if I I'm worried if I cry I'll start loving penis. <laughs> no. First thing you do after a good a good hard redneck cry is look for the nearest dick and suck it. <laughs> but no, Calgary is a shithole. It's just a it's just a it's a phony community. It's a Christian Vancouver. They believe in wizard. Like they're fucking stupid. They believe in wizard? They believe in Christ and all that nonsense. Yeah, yeah, that's, you know, like, yeah, that magical wizard in the sky. So they're all wearing their fake glasses, their fake non-prescription Vancouver type glasses, <laughs> but they still believe in the power of Christ as a healer and all that nonsense. It compels them. I don't like Calgary. I really? Yeah, I don't get it. Oh, that's weird. I didn't. I don't get that community. The Flames jerseys are the worst in the fucking league. Yeah. Um, oh my god, this is the best episode ever. Everything I'm just sitting about here like, sucks. tell us more. The Calgary Hitman, fuck yourself. Everything about, like, the jerseys, they don't know how to make jerseys. They vote for Kenny, and then they sit back and pretend that they're the progressive town. They're not. They're garbage. They're a bunch of wealthy engineers (laughs) that don't know how to fuck. Um, Sean's heart was broken by a Calgarian once. That's right. I know you don't want to talk about it, but... uh, (laughs) It happened. He's got a lot of hate inside him for Calgary. And the Stampeders are dumb, too, right? Yeah, the sta- I mean, when you see a Stamps fan, you want to punch him in the fucking rib cage. It's true. Like, there, there's a comedian that I know, and he wears, like, a Stamps hat. Like, it's something that you should be proud of. Like, <laughs> you, you, I'm a season ticket holder. At the CFL. Sta- <laughs> I'm a CFL season <laughs> ticket holder. Peter season ticket holders. What kind of fucking garbage is that? I do like people that support the CFL though, because to me the CFL is the are the Canadian comedians of sport. Yeah, except they're all except they, they're all Americans. I know, but they get treated the way like a Canadian comedian would. They, like they're I a guess. joke to their American football player oh, for friends. For sure, they are. They make ten thousand dollars a year, and their friends imagine make ten they million. Go, imagine they go back to the fucking the projects or you know the hood or whatever or like the uh, what and the people are like, oh, there's old Jimmy. Don't say they go back to the projects. No, I mean, like, wherever. You're a black person, you go back to where you're from. Okay. In Louisiana, right? Okay. <laughs> Strike it from the record, projects are hood, okay? They go back to their black community where they came from, and they're like, oh, they, look, he's a big deal in the CFL. Like, and they just start calling him Jimmy Big Ball or something, you know? <laughs> 
He was. He was. Our balls are bigger. That was like the <laughs> the big like. I love the CFL always trying to be like. Our balls. Well, our game. Our field is bigger. Our balls are bigger. We have fewer downs to so we generate less excitement. <laughs> but in the two downs we do have, those balls are huge. <laughs> easier to catch. Easier to intercept. We got the whitest fans in the world, and they're all dying. They're all dying. No, that's why this comedian was so weird. It's like when you look at a Stampeders or like a Rough Riders game, everybody's dying, right? Yeah. Youth isn't following this fucking train wreck. Yeah. But then all of a sudden there's, you know, there's two comedians out there like with their long horns. Go Stamps. (laughs) Who says go Stamps and means it? (laughs) Give your fucking head a shake. If you're a... Oh, I'm nervous. I hope the Stamps get a first down. If you've ever been nervous watching the Calgary Stampeders play, if I could kill yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Am I wrong? No, you are 100% right, which is why it's so funny. Calgary's a terrible community. And they do take themselves very seriously. They think they're Vancouver, right? They think they're better than Vancouver. Yeah, and if you start talking about politics, they're like, oh, you don't get it. Yeah. Like yeah, that's literally the conversation I had with one person. You don't understand why we had to vote. Why we had to vote this way? I'm like, I guess I don't. I guess I don't. I don't know what to tell you. And you, you, we're struggling here. We're struggling. I'm like, how are you? I just went to a restaurant in Calgary, and everything was twenty eight dollars. How are you struggling? We just don't understand the definition of struggle. Like you know, we're struggling. Like, uh, did you have to downgrade property? Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. Did you have to sell a car? Not yet. But like, maybe. So, so it's just like they have the same shit they always had, but they go to Costa Rica once. Less. They, yeah. Instead of going to Costa Rica once a, once a year, they go to Costa Rica once every 18 months. Yeah. And they're like, well, that's a struggle. That is a Things struggle. are tight so around though. here. Yeah. I used to get a lot of shit because I would go down there and make fun of, uh, I'd go down there and make fun of their floods. And I'd be like, <laughs> guys, we got to do a fundraiser. For all the rich people that lost their Maseratis. Yeah, I was like, do you guys have any idea how many millionaires' basements are currently flooded? (laughs) There are not enough immigrants left in Calgary because of Rachel Notley's policies. There are not enough Filipinos left in Calgary to dry out these millionaires' basements. Some of the wheel wells on these Porsches are completely ratched now, rusted out. And they'd be like, fuck you! You don't know the pain that we're in here in Calgary. And I'm like, (laughs) shut the fuck up with your shitty veneers and your fucking oil riddled. Like when I go downtown Calgary, all I see is oil money. I don't see any real natural beauty. I don't see any real. Yeah. It's it's just cash. It's just straight. They have a lot of art installations out there now. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Like I'm buying that that wire head. Oh, fuck. It's all fake oil garbage. Calgary to me is very Fort Mac. Like when you go to Fort Mac, they have a bunch of stuff. They throw money at things yeah, to make, make themselves look, look like a real community. Yeah. So they'll have like a fringe festival. The Fort, McMa- Fort McMurray Fringe Festival. Look at this organic <laughs> piece of real estate. This just seems to have come together overnight. <laughs> but really, it's like months of planning and thousands of dollars. Yeah. Like they'll have a guy go there and just fucking juggle sticks. And you're like, and he's got, but they're not allowed to busk. Like you're, you're like, well, he's got his guitar case out. Why can't I put loonies in it? And they're like. Oh, you, we don't do that at the Fort Mac Fringe Festival because that guy gets paid three thousand dollars over Jeez. the course of three days to fucking whittle sticks. How did we get a show in the Fort McMurray Fringe Festival? We had one one time. 
You, you did? Yeah, you weren't invited. I know, I know. I'm never That was pre diversity, Kathleen. We could go, we could I roll was, straight we could roll with nine straight. To the, to the four white guys <laughs> do stand up fringe show ever. Yeah, the snowed out festival. The snowed out festival. <laughs> like we went <laughs> Like we went to the fucking Well yeah, so we get to Fort Mac uh for this fringe and we're all being paid reasonably well or whatever. Like and then we they're like we show up and they're like where the fuck have you guys been and we're like uh, it says seven p.m. on our sheet and they're like oh fuck no that, you, what the fuck where'd you get that we needed you at six and we're like oh well this sheet says seven and they're like okay well I guess you guys can just do three minutes each or something for how much money I think we're getting like fifteen hundred each or oh, something oh why don't I ever but, get these sweet awful gigs but then but we weren't allowed to but they were like there uh, there is somebody at every event and they're watching t- every artist um to see whether or not they say Tarzans because what? if if you say Tarzans you will not be paid what if you say Tarzan you can say Tarzan the king of the apes. king of the apes <laughs> that would be hey you guys you know what you want know what? Oh, fuck Tarzan the oh. king of the jungle oh, oh. <laughs> no they're destroying our environment all these Tarzans <laughs> <laughs> those apes are littering everywhere you don't want to live downstream of those motherfuckers those fracking apes <laughs> those fracking Tarzans <laughs> Where was I? We were, I think it was in no, it was in Grand Prairie. Um, oh, really? Somebody came up with a term, "boofracky." Boofracky. I like that. Yeah. That's pretty good. I don't know if it was me or Ben Bowes. I don't know. We take credit said, for it. You should take credit for it. No, I don't know. Boofracky is pretty funny. Boofracky because we were up uh, in Grand Prairie, and that the thing about going to Oil Towns though is they do show you a good time. Because they have yeah. nothing else to do, and they have all this money. Oh, they get disposable income and every Wednesday off. There's a lot of young people there that are yeah. making money for the first time. Yeah, so, for yeah. the first time in their lives. And nobody's yeah. telling them to invest it. Because they shouldn't. Do you know what? I have $400 in RSPs right now. That's pretty That's pretty big. Uh, for the longest time, I had $30. So I've been de- I've been depositing 10% of all my checks into my... You're doing good. I'm trying to become a sensible This all new adult. Kathleen McGee, like, you know. <laughs> I don't see, know. your sensibility, like, used to all be about, like, you know, what... Because you, you were never, like, a financial guru, were you? No, God, no. I'm still not a financial guru. But it's not like you were a like bad with money you just didn't oh, have all, money I'm to be bad with well yeah both but whenever i got money it'd be like Boo! because you are you were in such a deep like same thing for me like sometimes people might think i'm bad with money i'm just i'm not bad with money it's just when i get it it has to plug nine holes yes that's exactly so like every time i like get that a, for every me. time i get a check it's like well you know what you should do put 10 percent aside for rsps put 20 percent aside for taxes put 10 percent aside for incidentals and it's like well fucking i would love to live in that world yes but, but all if of I it get goes a check, it's got to plug the holes months. in my boat yeah. or we're all like swimming. Yeah, that was like I did get a check and I, I had I'm like, OK, I'm going to pay all my bills. And then I just saw I'm like, oh, my God, he just took all of my money. Yeah, the, <laughs> the mistakes I make are usually like restaurant mistakes, like all of, instead of like just eating and I'll be like, we're going for sushi. You know, and then it's like one hundred and fifteen dollars worth of sushi. Like, How oh, do you yeah, one hundred and fifteen dollars worth of sushi. You bring children into the world and they go too. <laughs> Do your kids like sushi? Uh, yeah, they don't mind it as long as you get the right shit, right? As long as you get the white guy stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, like dragon roll or whatever. Like if I just got them, here, eat this tuna flesh. They'd be like, it tastes like an anus. (laughs) It tastes like it. How do you know what an anus tastes like? How do you know what a taint is? (laughs) (laughs) Have they said something yet where you're just like, where did you hear that from? Like Uh, they say like weird, like actually my youngest son, his TikTok videos are funnier than any stand up I've ever done. What is TikTok? It's like music. So the app used to be called Musically, where like okay. you lip sync and put the videos and whatever, right? So yeah. now it's called TikTok. I think TikTok was like the original thing that it was. So he makes like TikTok videos of him like lip syncing songs and dancing, that, and they're all funnier than any stand up I've done. <laughs> <laughs> just him dancing and making stupid faces. My older son just says like weird, he'll ask like weird philosophical questions that are just like hurt your feelings. Like what? What's a good, what's a good one? That well, there was one where I was, did I ever tell you this about like a uh, cat litter, like the cat litter thing? Oh, I think you did. Did we talk about this once on one of the podcasts that is probably going to be released with this one? <laughs> yeah, well, they'll, they'll come in a bundle and they'll all be the same well, story. Like, they've told that story on every single They need fucking a fucking episode. guest bad. <laughs> We might get guests. No, like, my, yeah, no, my kids are, yeah, they're, they say weird shit all the time. They're strange people. Like, they're their own people, right? Like, yeah. that's the scary part is you don't really have a lot to do with who they are. You don't? Not really, no. I mean, the, genetically, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, their like, personality? environmentally, not really. Like, they're, they are themselves. They come out, like, you know, if you take a kid and look at kind of how he behaves when he's one and a half or two, that's pretty much how they behave when they're 14 or 15. Yeah. Like they mature, but they have the same quirks, the same holdups, the same like. But yeah, because I was trying to explain to my son because uh, like sometimes he'll be like, oh, well, we'll all meet up like, you know, because kids are social. Like when you're a kid, you're used to like you go to elementary school, you go to junior high, you go to high school, like you're forced into these social scenarios all yeah. the time with your friends and your enemies. Yeah. Like some of these people are your foes. You hate them, but you have to see them you all have the time. To see them. And then as you like, so my so my son sometimes will be like, "Well, we'll, we'll just meet up." They'll be, and I'm like, "Yeah, well, those two adults they don't get along. Like they wouldn't." And they don't be get in the, that. And then they're like, "What do you mean? Like why don't they just get over it?" And I'm like, I I was trying to explain to him like, "It's when, not that easy." I'm like, "When you're an like when you're a kid, you're forced into these social interactions all the time, over and over again, against your will. You yeah. have to do it." And then you have like this reaction when you get out of high school or university where you're like, I don't, I, I don't see my enemies anymore. Yeah. Like I don't spend any time with all these mortal enemies. My life has just gotten way better. Yeah. And then the number of people that you're comfortable around dwindles slowly over time. So when you're in your 20s, you're comfortable being around like 50 people in the world. And then when you're 30, maybe it's down to 25, 40, it's down to 10. Yeah. And then I'm like, and then what happens is, um, you know, your world starts to close in on you in terms of the number of people you'll spend time with. And then you are diagnosed with a disease. And then you start to make a bunch of friends with other people who've recently been diagnosed with the same disease. This is horrifying. And then you're really close to 50 more people. Your circle starts to grow again with all these people that are going through a similar trauma. And then you die of that disease and your uh, window is closed. So I tried to explain to him that that's life. That's the that's friendship. the story you told your yeah. son. Yeah, I'm like this. <laughs> <laughs> Did your son stay up at night being like, "I'm going to die of a disease. I'm going to die of a disease. Which disease am I going to die of?" No, he's used to me being pretty fucked up. <laughs> so it's no big whoop. But yeah, no that, I guess whoop. that is kind of sad, isn't it? It life is really sad. like really sad Uh, the funny thing is like i'll say stuff like that but i don't you know i'm not down about it 
you know, like it's not even a downer. It's yeah. just like it's funny and it's reality. Like, you know, like, don't you find that like your world like you're not comfortable around the same number of people that you were when you were 18 no, or 17. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I don't want to go and hang out in a room full of people. I'd rather hang out with like two or three or four. Yeah, and we're comedians, so we're sort. That, that's the thing about being a comedian versus being a normal, regular human being. Is yeah, we're in high school all the time. Yeah, like we're we're in environments around hundreds of people that we're not comfortable being around. Some of them are our enemies. Yeah, some of them we hate, but and we we're, can't avoid. But we can't avoid it. So we're always in high school. So yeah. we don't live in a normal world. Most people around us, like they're like their lives are closing in. Like fucking no, I don't like Gary anymore. Yeah. You know, you start to make enemies and like, I don't fucking want to hang out with that guy. And then before you know it, it's just you and three other guys that you. I'm really good with. at avoiding people and ignoring. Like, there's one person that I really do not like. And whenever they're around, I just like, I can, I'm really good at looking right through them. Like, That's they don't s- even exist. That is a pretty cool trick. That's what I do. I just like, because I, there's no point in, in making conflicts bigger. But like, if there's a reason why, I, like, I'm f- friendly to everybody until I have a reason to not be. Yeah. And then when I have that reason, then it's really hard for me to get over and change my attitude about that person. And then, so like, even if I heard somebody saying, "Well, they're asking why you don't like them," I'll be like, "This is why I don't like them. They should know." And then I just ignore that person. <laughs> yeah. But you're forced by your business to be like, "Oh Sometimes shit, I'm going to see them. that guy on Saturday," or, or you whatever. see their name on a gig sheet, and then you're like, "No." Yeah. <laughs> no. That's a tough thing to do. Yeah. When you're, I mean, I always said like that would be the most fun thing to do as a comedian if you had millions pick of dollars. Pick your openers. Not pick your openers, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't do stand up anymore. But all I would do is I would uh, put together fundraisers. Yeah. Where I picked three comedians that I knew like Liked were egomaniacs and hated each oh other. Oh my God. And I would just book a fundraiser, pay them $4,000 each through the whoever was it, the community organizer. Oh my God. So I would go to like Slave Lake Community and say, like, hey, Chamber of Commerce, I'm, who's looking to raise money this year? Oh, the fucking the ball team's doing it. Okay, perfect. Tell you what, like, I'll give you $10,000. You can throw that towards the comedian's pay. You can have a co- fucking, we'd love to have a comedy show. Yeah. And then you just say, like, okay, just got to book these three comedians. And then you could book, like, and three. And you can't tell them that they're booked together. No. And they wouldn't, or, or they could know, but they couldn't turn the money down. It's like I mean, you're that's, playing God with yeah, shitty comedians. That's the beauty of it. Because, oh, my God, I want to be rich. I want to be rich. Yeah, because I would say, like, <laughs> 3000 3000 3000 right? Oh so. God. You're going to make $3,000. For one of them and they have to pick who gets the extra dollar. And they get to pick who goes last, who goes first, how much time. Oh, my God. So they have to go through this huge ego minefield. Oh, my God. Where that's ha- not fair to the person that's planning it, though. I don't, that, I've already given them $10,000. Okay, you don't care. Yeah, no. It's my, part of the my joy gi- of yeah. giving Okay. And I know that these guys, the way their ego works is the second they hit that mic, they're like, hello. Like, they're into, they're into crowd pleaser mode, right? Yeah. So there's no way that they're going to go there. I know exactly who you would book right off the top just from the hello. So so I've already done her a favor, right? I've already done your, I've I've covered her show. It's going to be a great show. Yeah. But my joy is going to be like just knowing that they had to go through that process. Okay, of, and then how do you? I will never watch fucking it. do a show with those two clowns. Are you going to like set up security cameras so that you can watch it? Oh boy, you got to You can't I mean, just pay for all this and not get to witness. I would have the to chaos. do. I would have to put a body cam on the on the event coordinator. Yeah. 
Right. So I would be like, okay, look, here's why I'm doing it. Whatever. Like, you know, yeah. Make up some lie for her. Like, oh, it's just a fun thing. Comedians. We're doing uh, a documentary. Yeah. So I need you to just wear this body cam and don't say anything about it. Like, you know, and they would be great because like every time she went in the green room, they would be like having some fight about who headlines. Like, I haven't meddled a show since 1987. (laughs) I wouldn't even know how to do 20 minutes. Oh, my God. Like, this is the most diabolical and awesome. Oh, it's amazing. How long have you been thinking about doing this for? I don't know, but I think it's a great idea. I think it's an incredible idea. We have to win a lot of money and do this. Or we could start a GoFundMe just to do this once. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) But then we'd have all of these comics being like... I just got offered a gig for $4,000 in Slave Lake. I don't know if this is the Lacombe. And it's it's with two other people that I don't get along with. I'm a I little skeptical. <laughs> luckily, but I'm going to do it anyway. Because... Luckily, anybody that we would do that to would never listen to our podcast. That's true. Well, I mean, the thing is, some enemies do listen just because. Yeah, they want to hear how bad it is. Yeah. <laughs> they can check that off the list. I mean, it's not. we're not bad. We're not terrible. We, we could be better. Yeah, we're not good at it. Oh, I'm. We're okay at it. I actually, you know what? Like, here's where real life gets involved. I actually have to leave now. You have to leave now. Yeah, because it's only a thirty k. Then let's do our scratchy ticket because we. Yeah, let's do it. We are going to win. I need a coin though, not your fingers again, because you're <laughs> not your fingers. Well, your again. fingers, not your fingers again. <laughs> How many times have you heard that? No. You, oh no. <laughs> Oh, no, not the fingers again. What was that Kelly Taylor line? Like, finger banging a girl? What did he call it? Feeding the horses? Feeding the horses? (laughs) I don't even understand what that means. Like, a carrot? It just sounds great. It just sounds great, doesn't it? I got my new Linda keychain. Oh, Linda. Yeah, because I got it in uh, Toronto. It was with my friend, and we were drunk. And we found these keychains at 7 Eleven, and she was Kim, and I was Linda. But you don't have like you don't have to you don't have to wrap it. You, just, you can. Um, oh, I'm just gonna sit here and talk to myself. That you've done that before, haven't you? Uh, Do the crazy alone, you've done it. not with Jim, <laughs> producer Jim Kerr watching us. Me, where do you have to go to pick them up? Like far? Uh, Fort Saskatchewan. Holy shit, Sean! Yeah, they're at a pool right now. But um, tell them to get in the hot so tub. So at six thirty, their class is done. Okay. And they'll probably wait for another 10 to 15 minutes before they panic. And then I'll be there 10 minutes after they panic. Are you serious? Yeah. So I'm going to be there at that critical 10 minutes after panic window. So it's going to be like after they've notified the staff of the pool that they've been neglected and they've been left behind. But before anyone calls the police. (laughs) We've been neglected. I've done that before. I've gotten there just before the cops were... No, called. you did oh, not. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like you're late to pick them up for something. What were you doing? I was podcasting. I was, pod- <laughs> I was talking about what a good dad I was. You on guys, podcast. I'm trying to podcast. <laughs> okay, I'm scratching as fast Don't as you I hate, can. That's okay. Don't worry about it. We, what, have no, we won I anything am worried so about far? your children. We've not won anything, but it keeps on getting close to being a winner. I don't. This is a stupid one. Can you do the big one? Okay. I was using this thing, but you gotta. It'll make a lot of noise. All right, let's do this. Um, if you're enjoying this podcast, forty-seven. Please go and subscribe and give us a good rating, and tell all of your friends about us because we're brand new and we need your help. We're not gonna win a fucking thing. 
We might. If we win $500,000, we're doing oh that show. Oh, my God. Yeah. We're, doing, we're going to call it a festival, too, and we're going to bring yes. 12 of the most egomaniacal yes. comedians. And a they, festival, and of course. Oh, my God. How did I not think of this <laughs> to take it to festival. another level? Because then they're going to be so excited. I'm in a yes. festival. I'm in a festival. I got and a then, lanyard. Oh, and then we'll give... <laughs> and then... We we can manipulate the lineups yes. so we can we can give one of them nine shows and one of them two. Oh my god! <laughs> this oh, I would love to be the puppet master of a comedy this festival. This is gonna be the funnest. I cannot wait for this to happen. Um, it's are we getting close to winning anything though? Um, so far we have not. Garbage. How many we have we done? Three. Anything? Because we missed one last week, too. So this would be the third, and we have zero dollars to show for it. No, we got nothing. It's just fuck. It's this garbage. Was, uh, this was a ten dollar ticket too. I went in. I went in to buy it at Seven Eleven, and Here, I just you, brought it's my lucky phone. Lucky if a girl does it. I just brought my phone and uh, to tap the thing, and then I thought, oh no, they're gonna ID me. And then the guy just, I'll be like, I'll have one of those. He goes, Yep, no problem, old bitch. Old bitch. <laughs> he didn't say that, but that's what it felt like. Yeah, that's what guys feel like. That is exactly what it felt like. Forty one, forty seven. If people want to mail us. Um, a, a scratchy ticket. We'll split the winnings with you from your hometown. Send us your favorite scratchy ticket. Yeah, you want my home address? It's fine. My my building is as unsafe as it can be already. Like I don't fucking care oh, yeah, what kind of got problems there. Stalker, I get. I would love a stalker. Actually, it makes you feel important, don't you think? May, well, yeah, it's nice to know you're being followed. You know. It's nice to know you're being followed. Because it, it, all of a sudden you go, you're a leader. Yeah. You know, I am a leader. It Wait. shows a lot of leadership skills to maintain a decent stalker. To make somebody want to follow you that bad. Yeah, and then they don't get bored. God damn it. We lost again. We lost again. I better get out of here, otherwise everything is going to go to hell. Okay, thank you, Sean. I hope that your children are not, do All not right. call the police. I was I hope just you joking about Calgary. No, this we're, we're going to call this episode Sean LaComber's Love Letter to Calgary. Yeah. We're going to tag Calgary in everything. New spirit of the West. New <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. Sorry, Calgary. Go Stamps. Next week, we'll do an extra 20.